he got all of that one. Got all of that one. Welcome to In the Rough, a podcast dedicated to golfing in the Treasure Valley and beyond. And beyond. In the Rough is presented by First Tee Idaho, providing accessibility and affordability to golf while teaching our youth respect, integrity, courtesy, perseverance, sportsmanship, honesty, judgment, responsibility, and confidence. First Tee Idaho, because golf is more than a game. Well, welcome. It's already time again. For another episode of In the Rough, uh, brought to you by First Tee Idaho. I'm Corey Michaels, along with Executive Director of First Tee Idaho, Mr. Nick Blasius. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic, Corey. Thanks for having us back. Well, uh, you know, as soon as Mother Nature quits being so squirrely, yeah. uh, it's getting into, you know, some prime golf time coming up here. <laughs> I uh, I took up skiing this year, and the other day, Bogus Basin had a funny social media post. They said, due to supply chain issues, your February order of snow arrived in April. So I thought that was pretty funny. And it's, yes. <laughs> it's made our spring programming for Firsty Idaho a little bit challenging, but uh, we're getting yeah. through it. And uh Years off to a great start. So, okay. So, what is going on with First Tee right now? So, we kicked off our spring programming first week of April. Um, and as I've mentioned in the past on the podcast, we transitioned to age based programming this year, which has been exciting and new and different. Um, in the past, First Tee was always experience based. Yes. So, you'd have a seven year old and a 14 year old in the same class sometimes. And I think that was a little bit of a a challenge for us and how we tried to communicate our core right. values and you know uh, provide the life skills portion of our classes and so going to age base now has been super positive we're getting a lot more teenagers involved in the program which is great uh katie mckelvey our program director and i yesterday were looking at numbers for the spring and you know last year we had about 210 kids and this year we we're at 265 so um, it's fun to see that growth just in one year. And I think it all has to do with switching to age-based programming. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I know it was something you've talked about for a while, but now actually implementing it. Yeah. You know, I'm glad it's going as well as it is. Yeah. First T nationally, they wanted to make sure every chapter was doing it by spring of 2023. And as yeah. soon as we got the opportunity, Katie and I were like, let's just... Let's do it now. Do it. Let's run with it. Yeah. yeah. So we've got a lot of fun fundraising events planned for this year and um, just excited for another big year. All right. And who do we have with us today? Today we have uh, a very special friend to me, um, a friend of junior golf in Idaho. Uh, her name is Miss Callie Hip. Callie is one of the top female golfers that have come out of Idaho in the last 20 years. Uh, amazing. Had a Great collegiate career at University of Oregon, which we're going to dive into a little bit. But Callie, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, Nick, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. So what are we talking about today? (laughs) It's our pleasure. So first of all, let's just dive right in. You know, give us some background on how you got started in golf. Sure. Um, I grew up in Caldwell, Idaho, so about 30 minutes uh, west of Boise. And my dad had always played growing up. which stemmed from my grandpa playing all the time uh, (laughs) over in Ontario. And I just kind of got into it at a young age, I would say seven, kind of riding the cart, drinking the Sprite, (laughs) driving the cart, and, um, you know, just having that experience, I think, kind of, 
got gave me the itch. Um, you know, and then I think around age 12 is when I really was like, okay, this is, I want to do this and I want to start playing a lot, um, start taking some lessons. Um, and it just kind of took off from there. Um, you know, I think I saw a little bit of success and had fun with it and, you know, enjoyed the kids that I was uh, meeting and playing with. Um, and then, got into high school golf and kind of started on that junior tour of qualifying for different uh, national events. So I'd be gone for most of the summer, uh, which was pretty cool, kind of traveling all over. Um, and then eventually uh, got a scholarship and, and played in school. So. That's awesome. So at what age, going back, you said age 12 is when you really kind of got that itch. Is that when you started playing competitive golf and like yeah. the IJGA events around? Yeah. So when I was 10, I probably started taking some lessons and was doing like the local clinics, kids clinics, um, you know, at the, the courses. And then it was more so when I was 12, when I started playing in the, the IGA junior golf events. So what specifically about golf, like, really grabbed you? I think... Other than the Sprite and Snickers at the turn. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think um, just the overall kind of vibe that golf has, uh, the people uh, that are involved in the game and like to play the game, um, you know, I think just the, the overall experience, getting to kind of go around to different locations each week and playing and, and meeting new friends, uh, you know, I think it's, for me, a lot of it was the friendships that, that you gain from the sport. You're totally right. It's such a cool network. And, I mean, a good example of that, the friendships, right? I was watching the Masters last weekend, and on the mm -hmm. final hole on Sunday, Rory McIlroy holes out from the bunker, and then Colin Morikawa does it right after him, and they celebrated together, and yeah. it was just such a cool moment. Yes. You know? Yeah. So did you have any specific mentors growing up, you know, that you kind of want to shout out that had an impact on you as a young person? Yeah, definitely. Um, I I uh, was out at Banbury a lot, so Mr. Jerry Rowe uh, was a big influence. He kind of took me under his wing and said, go play with the boys and tee it up from the back, and that's what I did. <laughs> and that's what made me good, you know, and um, you just had to have that confidence, you know, as a young girl to just say, yeah, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to go do it, and I'm going to have fun, you know, whether I can make it a, across the ditch on number one at Banbury or not from the back tee, like I'm just going to go and do it. <laughs> and um, he was a big part of, you know, kind of pushing me. Um, and I think that also kind of run um, leads into Andrea um, Baxter, who was uh, one of my coaches growing up here in the Valley, um, All-American at Stanford. She's a pure athlete. Uh, you know, and she kind of drilled in some of those skills, you know, how to flop it and really get it up and over, um, you know, whatever object it is that you need to uh, get it over um, and and um, just really challenging me um, to take my my game to the to the next level. So she was she was a big influence. Um, yeah. And then I think when I got into school and into college, my college coach um ria scott was 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 also great she was awesome so all three really great influences to be around to um you know really really take you to the next level and enjoy it at the same time yeah good mentors that made you love the game and kind of instilled that passion a little bit more mm -hmm. did you play any other sports growing up 
I skied a lot in the winter. Nice. Um, and other than that, I mean, I, I primarily just skied in the winter and played golf in the summer, and that took up my whole year, and, and I enjoyed it. I kind of competitively skied a little bit when I was younger, you know, around that 10, 11, 12 uh, age range, and, and that was when I said, yeah, I don't think I want to break my leg uh, skiing anymore. I think maybe <laughs> I'll just stick to, you know, doing competitive golf. Um, but I think that skiing in the winter, having that dynamic and, and that break, um, really kind of kept me fresh when I went into spring playing golf, um, you know. And then also I think it, it helped kind of build up my base strength. Yeah, um, totally. And with your, you know, your core and, and your legs. And, and I think that, that attributed to me being a really strong player um, and being able to really hit it as far as I can. Yeah. So that kind of goes into my next question. I mean, it's so popular nowadays for kids to become so one sport centric, right? How important do you think it is? And, you know, tell the listeners for your kids to play multiple sports. I think it's so important to have those different experiences and to exercise your body and your brain in different ways because um, it, it makes you more well-rounded. And, it, and when you go to, you know, play whatever sport it is you know you're focused on like if you're you know playing basketball like what your shot is like and and when you get into golf then you're more focused on like okay well what what are my positions like in my swing you know and it really I think more so than your body is it trains your mind and exercises your your brain um to to do different things um and experience different things and it gives you a different perspective um you know when you hop into those different sports so like okay well I was kind of doing this with this sport and maybe I can integrate it somehow into this other sport and and it can make you better totally you're spot on I uh one of the girls I work with who's at Wazoo right now you know she's never played golf as a year-round thing and right. so I told her I was like it's important for you this winter to actually this last winter to take some a little time to yourself because you've never done that before yeah. and that's what you've always been accustomed to so you need to continue on that path yeah I mean and when I was in school I mean I can I can say that I was definitely burnt out like two times when I was playing college golf just because you play so much yeah you know and and up until that point in my life like I definitely is like I played a lot but when you're traveling and and then you know going to practice and then you just don't get a break. And in the winter, you know, they, you know, you still, you still need to practice cause you got to stay up on it. So. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a challenge. Um, so talking about college then, so you obviously landed on university of Oregon, but were there any other colleges that recruited you to come play? Yeah. Um, aside from Oregon, I mean, six or seven other strong, uh, candidates, um, that I'd had offers from, um, but it kind of came down to, at the end of the day, uh, either at Wake Forest, uh, which was Arnold Palmer's alma mater, yeah. um, or, or Oregon. Um, and so it kind of came down to those two. And some days I kind of say, wow, I wish I would have played at Wake Forest. But, but then I always kind of reflect on what my experience was like at, at Oregon. And I, I think I totally made the right decision. Yeah. So what were some of those reasons why you decided on University of Oregon? One of the major ones um, was that I wanted to play in the Pac-12 in the strongest women's conference in the United States and play against the top players week in and week out, 
which I totally got that experience <laughs> and it was awesome, you know, and I think it's just funny cause my boyfriend sits there and we'll be watching like the LPGA and it's, he, he goes, well, yeah, I mean, you must've been pretty good if everyone that you're watching was everyone you were playing with in college. And I go, I mean, I, that's who I played with. And, and, uh, I think that, you know, I wanted to have a big sports school to play at, uh, which Oregon was one of the top programs in the nation across the board for almost all their sports. I mean, the softball team was number one. And, um, I mean, Marcus Mariota won the Heisman when I was there. You know, they played in the national championship football team. And basketball was always really strong. So, you know, I, I wanted that experience, and I totally yeah. got that. Uh, and being able to be close enough from um, close enough to home – so if I did need to go back, I could. Um, you know, I think the the one thing about if I were to go to Wake Forest, it's all the way across the country and North Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So holidays, you might get stuck and might not be able to come back, which which would be tough. Cause yeah, you'd only get so many breaks in the year. Now that I think about it, she is the second University of Oregon grad that has been on the podcast alongside. Oh, Mr. that's right, JJ Astorkia. So. Yeah got a little duck tie going on here another great guy yeah another great guy that had a played a role in your life that we'll talk about a little later on so how was that transition going from junior golf in idaho to playing in the pac-12s i mean was it eye-opening what what are some big things that stuck out to you i i mean i knew i was ready for it um you know i was ready to take that next step and um play at that stage play at that level um I don't think anything really surprised me other than, you know, it was, you were doing a lot every day, every hour, every week, um, you know, and, and you had a responsibility to represent your team and, um, you know, compete for your school and, um, you know, make sure you're, you know, getting your grades, up, uh, you know, keeping those up and uh, being successful uh, at all levels. Um, Cause you know, it's like you're, you're playing to kind of get your school paid for. It's like, you know, that was important. Yeah. Um, and I did it all, and I'm very thankful for it. Um, and it t- totally shaped who I am as a person today. Yeah, you know? it really sets you up for life, right? Yeah. Learning how to balance all those things. Mm-hmm. And So what were some highlights from your experiences in Eugene? Oh, Playing man. golf or just living in Eugene, Oregon? Uh, I would say, you know, experiencing all the sports culture there um you know you meet phil knight um no big deal no big deal um (laughs) i was actually at a a football game last fall and i'm in the lobby of our hotel at like six in the morning and here comes uh you know this guy in his black sports jacket coming down to find a cup of coffee in town and it was phil (laughs) <laughs> you know, so he just hangs out. It's it's his hangout. He loves Eugene. He loves the University of Oregon. So, you know, that was cool. Um, uh, traveling as much as we did and, and playing in the level of events that we did, the invitationals that, that we would get to play in. Um, my coach did a really great job at setting a couple things up. Uh, we played in the Topi Cup in Japan. Oh, wow. Sophomore year. And then... My senior year, uh, we took a trip, uh, like a 10-day trip, and we played against the Spanish national team, and we played in Madrid. That um, is so for cool. about a week and went around and set, uh, saw Paris and um, 
Barcelona. So it was it was pretty cool. I, I got to experience a lot. Um, you know, I, I got to play against some or play with some really awesome players on my team. Uh, one of them, Caroline, Caroline Inglis, is playing on tour now, and so it's <laughs> kind of fun to watch that. Um, but I, I was pretty lucky. I, I, I was there at a great time and got to experience some pretty stellar, stellar things. So That's so cool. So, yeah. Corey, do you have some? Oh, no, I no, was just, uh, yeah, that uh, sounds like a pretty good four years. Yeah. <laughs> no question. And we played in, played in the NCAAs, I think, every year. So uh, I, I think the this year the women's team has been ranked number two or three in the nation. I think when I was in school, the highest they'd ever been ranked was 14th, and we kind of set that. So I think it was kind of their first or – second kind of wave of a really strong team and and now it's just really progressed from there and it's awesome that's so cool so you've got to be proud of being a part of that yeah so life after college now was there any thought to playing professionally you know i got done i thought about it i mean you think about it all through when you're when you're in college it's like okay am i gonna do this am i not gonna do it and and i think it ultimately came down to i wanted to still enjoy the sport um and as much as I, I wanted to and probably could have played at that next level, uh, I think I think it I think it could have been a lot for me. You yeah. know, I think uh, I think it might have been too much. I just I, playing on tour I think would have been uh, maybe just not not quite my cup of tea. So, and I think I had to just decide. Everyone has to kind of decide that for themselves uh, once you're at that stage. And and there's some that do go on and and play or try to play and and there's others that just say okay this is this is my other route and this is what I'm going to do because because what's the NCAA slogan it's it's like 99 percent of student athletes will become professional in in something else and that's so true it's like go to school get your degree give yourself the option yeah give yourself the option set yourself up for that option and then when it comes to it and you want to make that decision it's you you have the option to to choose so. so what was your option? What are you, uh, what are you doing now? Uh, so now I'm working for a company called Agri-Beef. Um, oh, yeah. So beef production company here in Boise. Um, you know, we, so I am one of a couple of people that manage uh, the inventory for all of our online sales at snakeriverfarms.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sell uh, American Wagyu beef and, and our uh, standard Angus beef product. So uh, it's pretty fun environment, exciting. Uh, yep. Had a couple of the tenderloins for my anniversary from Snake River Farms that uh, we cooked up. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful Delicious. stuff. It's, yes. It's the best, you know. I mean, uh, it's been fun to just kind of work with such a dynamic group uh, at that company and they're real go getters and um, kind of changing the game and, and, in uh, in the in the beef production world, so they're 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 top notch. So playing golf, growing up, being around golf your entire life, how did that? How has that positively impacted your life in the business world? I think it's um, made such an impact. I mean, I think just the the confidence, the base baseline of confidence that you have, kind of coming out of all the experiences and and you know challenges that you've overcome and. It's like okay, well, I did that, so I can probably do this. You know, it's it's not a matter of if uh, if you can or can't. It's just if you want to set your mindset to do that. Um, you know, and I think 
I was a little bit hesitant to be working and doing doing an MBA, but I dove in this year and I've started it and I was like, I can do this. You know, it's like there's going to be some long days and, and, you know, and you just have to dedicate to it. If you, if you want to get something done, you just have to dedicate yourself to it. I would love to be a fly on the wall when Callie takes out some, you know, some guys to go play golf for agri for business or something. And then on the first <laughs> hole, she goes, no, I'll just play from the same tees as you guys and probably blows it 40 yards past them. <laughs> so um, kind of my next question was, and this is how I got to know Callie pretty well, is we both got involved with the Idaho Junior Golf Foundation. And we were on the board together and she eventually became the board president. And how how did it feel to, you know, give back to the community so quickly after your college experience and, you know, get involved with giving back to the junior golf community that helped propel you to University of Oregon? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, um, JJ, you know, was was one of the individuals that was running it at that time. And, and he kind of brought both Nick and I in and said, hey, let's, you know, you guys kind of start doing some of this, start helping. And um, they do a yearly auction uh, where they raise money to um, help kids play in tournaments, get equipment um, that maybe didn't necessarily have that opportunity to. Um, and they also have a scholarship program set up. So if you've played in the IGA um, at any time, you had good status and um, you want to apply for our scholarship going into college, you're welcome to. And, you know, and that was one of those scholarships that I took into school, which anything helps, you know, anything and everything um, helps. Right. Um, and so I think it was really cool uh, watching the progression. I mean, I remember when I was young uh, and Joe Malay was running the show, which he still does. I mean, we all know that. And uh, it was out at Eagle Hills, you know, and it'd probably be 50, 60 people. It'd be pretty small. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like just seeing the progression uh, that it's had going from Eagle Hills to the Zions Bank building to to now at Jump where we can support, you know, 250 people in a room. Like, yeah. That's a big deal. I mean, it's awesome uh, to see how they're able to give back and the partnership, you know, that they have with the, the IGA, um, you know, and I think one of the big initiatives when I was, when I was um, on the board was, you know, we have a, what's called the Girls Junior America's Cup or the Boys Junior America's Cup that comes around to your state once every 18 years. Um, and the girls was this last year and I said, hey, let's, you know, put away like 20 grand for them to, to use, to make it a great experience for these kids coming to Idaho, you know, from, from all over the West coast, from Canada to Mexico. So, um, you know, being able to, to, to do that, see the results that come from it, um, and how it helps kids in our community uh, and families in our community, you know, take their kids to, to the next level, you know, whether that's just playing in weekly tournaments um, or, you know, going to college and being able to put that money toward college tuition. Yeah. Big deal. Those funds that are raised are also used to, you know, subsidize a new program that's a national program now called Youth on Course, where kids can go to a public facility and just play $5 Mm -hmm. to play golf there. Oh, that's awesome. Every first tee kid that registers for our program gets a Youth on Course membership, which is really cool. So, you know, the impact from the Idaho Junior Golf Foundation is sprawling, and it's really impressive. And to Callie's point, tonight is their gala, and they have 250 people coming tonight. So it yeah. should be a very successful event. Yeah. So let's not kid ourselves. Callie still has some game. 
She told me right before she walked in here, she shot 63 at the Sun Valley Pro-Am a few years ago. So, Wow. <laughs> Callie, I know you don't pick up your clubs as often, but you can still take it pretty deep. Yeah, yeah. That was a fun day. I mean, anybody can hit it good, but, you know, if you're making your putts, like, that's when you have a good day. Oh, yeah. That was a great day. Seeing the ball go in the hole feels yeah. so good. Yeah. Okay, Callie, the final part here is our quick up and down segment okay so i'm going to ask you some quick questions and i need some quick responses all right so first question favorite club in the bag uh probably my uh putter putter yeah why because that's how you make the money (laughs) (laughs) i love it golfer you looked up to the most growing up tiger woods yeah how good was it to see him at the masters this year it was awesome Inspirational to say Super the least. Inspirational. Favorite golf course in Idaho? I would say um, the West Nine at the Valley Club, the Fazio Nine. Really good. Yeah. Nine holes only, not 18. That's all right. He needs to build another nine. <laughs> Favorite golf course outside of Idaho? Probably Nanea on the Big Island in Hawaii. Is Did you have a college event there? Yeah, we would play a fall classic there. Charles Schwab course, so it's kind of private, but they've opened it up to a couple more college tournaments now, but it's very, very cool. Nice. And last but not least, this is a First Tee Idaho podcast, right? Yeah. The favorite nine core value from First Tee Idaho? Uh, integrity. Why? Why? Um, integrity because it's up to you, you know, um, you know, to be honest when you're playing with yourself and through life and growing up, um, uh, you know, I think that is one thing that anyone can take through life and, and, you know, really expand on just, just being a good person. It's, it's, you know, all you have to do is be honest and, um, and up and forthright with stuff and, and you'll be successful. I love it. Yeah. Callie, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for what you did for the Idaho Junior Golf Foundation. Thanks for being just an awesome ambassador for junior golf in Idaho. Yeah, thanks for having me, Nick. Um, Really looking forward to the things you've got on your plate with the first tee, and I think uh, the program's in really good hands. So, Thank you. Yeah. We've got one fun thing coming up this year that we're trying, and I'm going to ask Callie to do. Maybe now's a good time since I've got her on the spot. (laughs) It's July 11th. We're going to get close to 20 golfers out to Pierce Park for the day, and we're going to do a 100-hole hike. So every golfer has to walk 100 holes that day. They're going to get sponsors. Mark Johnson's going to be out there with the news. It's going to be a fun day. Callie, are you in? I'll be there. Yes. Love it. Right, we cool. should record that month's podcast from there. That is a great idea, my friend. While it's going on. I love it. Yeah, let's we'll definitely talk about <laughs> we'll that. We'll take Play this offline. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going live. <laughs> They're letting us out of the studio. It's a scary time for everyone. Well, it was so nice meeting you. Thank you. Thank you for being on with us. And now if with the uh, 265, did you say, yeah. kids? Uh, if someone just is finding out about First Tee, yeah. is it like cut off until next year or can they? Our spring classes are running right now, so registrations okay. are cut off for that. But our summer classes start in June. Uh, we do a summer session in June and a summer session in July, and both of those are open for registration right okay. now. So just go to org, go to the programming tab, 
Um, super easy to sign up. We actually just launched a new platform to go through registrations. It's much easier, much user-friendly. Um, so go to firsttidaho.org, go to programming, and that'll get you taken care of for our summer classes. All right, sounds good. And thank you for joining us for another edition of In the Rough.